What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. Got a fun show for you today. We're going to talk about a lot about LaMarcus Aldridge. His San Antonio Spurs career is finished. Greg Popovich, head coach of the Spurs, announced today that the franchise and LaMarcus have agreed to part ways, a mutual agreement to part ways. LaMarcus Aldridge is healthy, He, but he is not going to rejoin the team. Instead, he's going to stay away from the Spurs while they figure out what's next for him. And what's next for him will be playing for another NBA team. So I want to talk about that because you cannot talk about one of the great players in Blazers franchise history who has openly considered rejoining the roster without talking about the implications of what it might mean for that, that that very franchise. So that's what we'll do in the first couple segments. We'll talk about sort of the situation with LaMarcus Aldridge leaving the Spurs, wh- how it might work his departure from that franchise, and, and how the Blazers could end up with him on the roster and what that would mean, the implications, the realities, how realistic it is, all those things. That's what I want to talk about in the first two segments. But also the Blazers play a real basketball game this evening, or depending on when you're listening to this, they play their second half of the season starts on Thursday. We've got a little bit of news. I was wrong. CJ McCollum not going to play Thursday night, so that's we'll talk about in uh, the third segment. It's a little bit of looking ahead to the actual games the Blazers are going to play, but we will start in hypothetical world. Uh, I mean, we're going to start in reality and then move to the hypothetical world, talk about LaMarcus Aldridge. But like I said up front, that's the news, right? Like he's his Spurs career is done. And like Blake Griffin and and who is, you know, the the Pistons moved on from and like Andre Drummond who's kind of on the shelf until the Cleveland Cavaliers move on move on from him this is the latest of these guys um you know high paid veterans to um be kind of shelved while the team figures out what's next according to Adrian Wojnarowski and Tim Bontemps or excuse me Tim McMahon rather got my got my ESPN Tim's mixed up according to Adrian Wojnarowski and Tim McMahon of ESPN the Spurs are ho- hopeful to work out a trade. Uh, the language in the story was engaged on several fronts. <laughs> I love that language. Um, that just means that they're they're. Does that just mean they're calling and texting, uh, fa- FaceTiming and and Zooming? What, what is what is engaged on several fronts? I mean. Right, there's several teams in the league. They're taking multiple calls. Uh, several fronts seems to suggest um, that they're using multiple mediums, though, and I really like that imagery. Um, it's I don't think this is an amicable split. Like I think this is just like Lamarcus hasn't the Spurs have been better without Lamarcus Aldridge. He's a veteran who could probably be more helpful in another situation. The Spurs know that, as opposed to bringing him in when he came back from a couple injuries. He had a hip injury and a quad injury, and he missed he missed a significant chunk of time. And when he came back, he wasn't a starter. Like he was coming off the bench and playing a limited role, like a really limited role, not even getting a ton of shots up. His his field goal attempts were way down as a bench player. And instead of sort of trying to ease him into that role and maybe having it not be amicable, I think they just you know talked to his representation and said how about this we'll figure out a way to trade you in the next trade LaMarcus in the next couple weeks and if we can't do that we'll buy him out and that'll be that and he won't have these awkward moments where he's you know picking up DNPs because we'd rather play young guys or we'd rather play Jakob Pertl over him because he's better than him right now etc etc 
just like functionally, LaMarcus Aldridge has not been very good this year. Um, I still think he's like a pretty good NBA player, uh, but he is he is limited from what he was. Like he was he was a good basketball player as recently as last year, and that included changing his shot profile last like right, basically right before the pandemic, like last February. He just said, "I'm going to shoot a bunch of threes. That has continued into this season. They just don't go in. Uh, he's basically averaging his worst per game averages since his rookie season. Um, his per thirty like his per minute production is per 36 minute numbers are way down to not way down but down they're they're lower across the board um he's just been worse and and the handful of times i've watched him prior to I, I did not catch any spurs games when he since he returned from injury i'll i'll just admit that i watch a ton of nba games but i didn't catch any since he returned from injury but prior to that he just looks slow like he's he's just he's just he's 35 he's played a ton of years in the league uh and he looks slow it's it's um it's what happens when you're in year 14 year 15 in the nba right like um it's a believable thing. So how the Spurs move off him is the next question, right? Like they're going to, they're engaged in multiple fronts to, 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 and hopeful to make a trade, but I don't think it's super easy. Um, they, first of all, they would have to take back at least $19 million, the way that the, the trade rules work. Uh, LaMarcus is making $24 million. So they have to take back a big chunk of money. And if they take back guys with you know if they take back big money contracts that have multiple years going forward even an extra year that is that's less palatable that trade would be in for my money less palatable than just buying him out like the trade that is most palatable is also an expiring contract so it limits who who his trade targets might be so it it really what this speaks to me like when just just looking around at like here's the marcus alger salary at 24 million dollars here are the possible suitors unless uh, Boston moves in quickly with their big trade exception for LaMarcus Aldridge over Harrison Barnes or something like that. I I think this is headed to the buyout market. I think LaMarcus's most likely exit from the San Antonio Spurs is not a trade, although I think they will actively, actively try to trade him. I don't think that's... Mark Stein reported the same thing, that they're going to look to trade him too. Like, I don't think that's just uh, Woj doing... Uh, the Spurs front office is solid and saying like they're they're really close and really hopeful to make a trade. Like I think they're going to actively pursue trading him, and I think he's just good enough right now that teams will entertain what trade ideas look like. But if you if you think about it from the Spurs perspective, they don't want to take on long term bad money, and they have to take some money back. They, they it's it's just like the way the the trade rules work. They can't give them out for free. Um, you know, even at teams that are below the cap, I believe the Knicks and Hornets are below the cap, they would they would still have to give money back to make the trade legal. So it's it's not easy. There aren't a lot of there aren't a lot of easy moves. But but so the buyout market looks like where he's headed. And that's probably good news for the Blazers. Yeah, it took me seven minutes to mention the Blazers, but we got there. The Blazers don't have they cannot concoct a trade to acquire Lamarcus Aldridge. They do not have, I mean, they can, like technically they could, they can put one together, right? But they don't have a reasonable trade. They do, they cannot piece together enough parts that is um, both fair for what they would be getting in return and also gets the right number of salary. So if the Blazers are going to have a reunion, if they are going to bring LaMarcus home, as the title of this episode is uh, soon to be named, if they're going to bring LaMarcus home. They're going to do it via the buyout market. And that's what I want to talk about in the second segment is I want to talk about how the Blazers bring him home and what that decision, what that decision is going to entail, what it looks like, what if you are deciding to bring LaMarcus home, what are the other dominoes that fall in that case? 
But before we get there, I want to tell y'all about the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. That's right. Even on a, a week where the Blazers didn't play any games, we're still giving out the Ultra Player of the Week. And this week's Ultra Player of the Week, who embodies the spirit of joy and happiness, is Robert Covington. Michelob Ultra wants you to know it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at the All-Star Game... Robert Covington was enjoying it. He was the he participated. He represented the Trailblazers in the uh, skills competition, and he he got knocked out in the first round. He had about a twenty five second run in the skills competition. Didn't work out for him. Bing bang boom, missed a three. Nikola Vucevic made it. That's it. That's all. But Robert Covington didn't go home. He changed into a cool all denim outfit with an orange hoodie, or an orange beanie, I should say, and he stood on the sidelines and he cheered on Anthony Simons. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And, and Michelob Ultra also believes that joy creates success. And that joy from Robert Covington cheering on his teammate, he looked legitimately happy out there. You could tell us beaming ear to ear, even under the mask, was proof that, that enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Robert Covington embodied that spirit. And that's why he is the ultra player of the week. Answering the question, are you happy because you win or do you win because you ha you're happy? Well, Anthony Simons won the dunk contest, so probably a little bit of both. This episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Y'all know Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA games, listen, we got basically for the next 10 weeks, there's going to be eight NBA games a night. There's a lot of chances to bet on the NBA. It's also NHL and college basketball. Uh, and if you don't want to bet on sports, there's TV shows, reality TV, awards, all that stuff. And they got real-time updated odds, props on almost anything you can imagine. And BetOnline has you covered for news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website, that's betonline.ag, and sign up today, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's betonline.ag. The promo code is locked on, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, you can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. So make sure you follow Locked on Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you already get podcasts. All right, we talked to LaMarcus Aldridge, the sort of the reality of the Spurs situation, right? Like he's he's headed to the buyout market, most likely. They're going to pursue a trade. It could happen. There's certainly a non-zero chance he gets traded, but the most likely scenario is that he gets bought out. And if he gets bought out, that means the Blazers could get involved. It would be a poetic reunion to bring him back. Absolutely poetic. I'm in favor of stuff like this, but there are basketball implications. Like I'm in favor of it just sort of like the narrative standpoint, emotional standpoint. It would be fun to bring, have LaMarcus come back. Um, there is like sort of obvious emotional standpoint or emotional component of it is that him and Damian Lillard have kind of had a little bit of beef, not beef, but they were a little like prickly relationship when LaMarcus left town in 2015. And they've since mended the fence. Um, they have openly talked about like not, not, 
kind of like hinted at, openly talked about on the record and in The Athletic with Jason Quick, openly both spoken about wanting to play together again in Portland, Oregon. Not wanting to play together again, wanting to reunite with the Blazers. Like that, that's... It, they have openly spoken about it. So it's it's not like something that Lamar, that we're wondering if LaMarcus has considered. He's considered it. He's talked about it with Damian Lillard. And then he's told media members about it. Like, it's a real thing. That does not mean that the reunion is guaranteed, though. Because there's a lot of other moving parts, which is what I want to discuss here. I think the big question when you're saying the Blazers should... If LaMarcus hits the buyout market, the Blazers should use their 15th roster spot. Blazers have an open roster spot. They can sign a guy to a minimum deal. There are no financial barriers in the way if LaMarcus hits the buyout market of them adding him to the roster. Bing, that is bing, bang, boom. Very simple. If he hits the buyout market, they can, they can bring him in here. However, there are some questions to be asked. If Ennis Cantor and Yusuf Nurkic are both healthy, LaMarcus Aldridge is the third best center on the, on the, or would be potentially the third best center on the roster. I don't, I think he is a different player than Ennis Cantor. Like he can shoot. He's, he's a, he's a better offensive player. They're both liabilities on defense. I think LaMarcus is in theory a better defensive player, but he's, mobility has really dropped off. Like he is slow uh, in the way that Ennis Cantor is slow. Cantor is an elite offensive rebounder. You lose that with, with, with LaMarcus, uh, his his shot profile has changed such that he's not even shooting much around the rim these days. He's shooting five threes a game and a bunch of other jump shots. Um, his rebounding numbers are low because he's not around the rim as much as he once was. He's also not a four. He's not a four by any means. But I do think you could play him in a small in a lineup where he comes off the bench and plays five and Robert Covington plays the four. So what you're really asking is, is LaMarcus Aldridge better than Carmelo Anthony and is he, and he better than Ennis Cantor? Because that's whose minutes he would eat up into if he was here. And for my 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 like gut on this is no. He's a different player than both those gentlemen. But if you're just talking about like overall ability, I think both of those guys are better. Like I think Cantor is like d- like decidedly better, more impactful at this point. And Melo, when he's good, is is better than Lamarcus is really good. I mean, there's been moments this year um, where Lamarcus has has kind of turned back the clock and still been kind of able to eat guys up in the post, et cetera, et cetera. But for the most part, he's diminished. A change of scenery can always change this stuff. Like it's hard to, it's always hard to read it. You know, change of scenery and different ask, like if you're being asked to do different things here than you were in San Antonio, maybe you're, maybe you just look better. Like, like if the equation is different than sort of, you know, the the way you go about doing the math changes. So it's if he's being asked to do different th- a different thing, he might be more effective, right? But my gut here is no. Like LaMarcus Aldridge is not an upgrade. The counter argument to that exact point I just made, though, is that Yusuf Nurkic's health is in question. And if you're talking about do the Blazers need another big man right now, hell yeah, they do. For the last two months, they desperately could have needed LaMarcus Aldridge. Like he would have been a huge help. I mean, he was hurt a lot of that chunk of the time, too. But like assuming that he was healthy, the last couple months, last couple months, the last 22 games, desperately, desperately needed LaMarcus Aldridge, right? Like this was that would have been a huge, huge positive upgrade for them. So if you assume that like that um, Nurk's going to come back and his hand's going to be fine and he's not going to have any other ailments here and there, then then the sort of rotation gets a little dicey because Lamarcus is a five. Like he he cannot play power forward. He just cannot do that. Um, he hasn't been able to do that for a couple years, like three or four years. But really, 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 really at this age, he's he's a five. Um, he just can't. 
he's just not mobile enough to to do to do things that fours do. And the Blazers already have a slow power forward in Carmelo Anthony, so you don't need two of those. And Melo can't play the three. You, you're get you you're following me. I I'm sure you are. So if you think if you think the centers are going to be healthy, I think the answer is obvious. No, no, Lamarcus. But if 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 it's insurance over a future injury, yes. But that is an issue in and of itself because does LaMarcus Aldridge want to sign a place where he's an insurance policy or sign a place where he's got guaranteed minutes? I think part of the value of a reunion, part of the appeal of a reunion would be a guaranteed spot and a guaranteed spot in the rotation, um, guaranteed minutes. And if and if the Blazers are healthy, if Nurk and Ennis are healthy, there is no guaranteed spot. And I think that makes LaMarcus maybe a non-starter for the front office. In fact, in I talked about this yesterday on the podcast, but uh, Jason Quick of the Athletic reported that the Blazers are, are interested not in a big man and not in a in a guard because they feel like they have those minutes spoken for with a full roster, but for a wing. And Lamarcus does not answer that question. Neil Olshay seems to be dead set on a on a wing who can shoot. Lamarcus isn't that. Now, Lamarcus is a talent that might change the equation. And Damian Lord certainly has a great deal of say in in roster moves or influence in roster moves. And if he said, go get Lamarcus, I, you know, I demand it, I think that would change the equation a little bit. I don't think Dame is like that necessarily, though. I don't think he's going to storm up into Neil's office and say that. If he gets asked, he will give his honest opinion, and he will certainly be asked. Like, they are going to consult him about these things, particularly if it becomes a, a reality or an option. And he's they'll have a conversation they might have already had that conversation for all we know like dame is really involved in in in, in the decision making things run they don't run through him but they run by everything runs by him like he he is involved in in what they're going to do because he invests so much in in the franchise like it makes sense right it's i don't i don't i'm not trying to paint this as like inappropriate or his like outlandish level of control it's just like he's the dude so he gets to to be involved in some of the decision making now he's not Pressing the buttons and making the phone calls, but he would have he would have influence is, is the best way to say that for sure. So I think there are a lot of signs pointing to a possible reunion. They have a need for a for another big as insurance in theory. They have both Lamarcus Aldridge and the Blazers franchise player Damian Lord have openly talked about him coming back, and maybe this is the thing he wants. But I don't think it's for sure because what if LaMarcus, what he actually wants is to win a title? What if he actually wants guaranteed minutes on a really good team? And what if the really good teams that come calling are the Los Angeles Lakers and Philadelphia 76ers? What if it's even the Brooklyn Nets who just want to add more former All-Stars from the 2011 season? Like, it's... There are factors that make the reunion hard, but there are also undeniable connections and... Part of me says it could happen. If I had to pick, I'd say no, right? I'd pick no. You all know me. I'm a natural pessimist. I think it's unlikely. But I'd be in favor of it because it's I'd be in favor of it because it's fun. Not because I think it's this massive basketball upgrade, but I don't really care about the massive basketball upgrade as much as I would care about the fun narrative of it. And that might make me silly or foolish, but I'm just being I'm just I'm bearing it out there. I'm being honest with y'all. I would enjoy it from a narrative perspective. It would that would bring me a great deal of joy. Just, you know, uh, sort of the reunion, the mending of the fences, the former, um, he didn't leave here on good terms, and someone like that coming home to make amends would, uh, would strike me in a certain type of way. There's some hurdles. 
If he gets traded, he ain't getting traded here. And if he really wants playing time and a title contention, that's unlikely to happen here, like guaranteed, right? Like he could be part of it, of, of a miracle, and he could be part of um, a, he could be part of a certain situation where where the Blazers need help up front, like they have for the last couple last two months, last 25 games, 23 games. But there are other options. There are, there are obvious logistical hurdles to get there. And so while I'm in favor of it, I don't think it's going to happen just because there's, there are some bumps along the, along the old yellow brick road. But I'm in favor of it. Bring LaMarcus back. Bring him home. Bring him home. Do it. All right, in the third segment, let's talk about basketball games that are actually going to happen. We, we lived in the land of hypothetical for like 20 minutes. Let's live in the land of the real. The Blazers play their first game after the All-Star break tomorrow. They're not going to have CJ McCollum. Whoops, they're not going to have Yusuf Nurkic. They're not going to have Harry Giles. Let's talk about the situation with those guys and what the second half of the season is going to look like in that final segment. But before we get there... Let's talk about rockauto.com. Y'all know rockauto.com. It's the family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. And you can go to rockauto.com right now and shop for all the auto and body parts you need coming from hundreds of manufacturers. And while you're there, they you'll see that they got everything. Engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. And whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks. And all of that will be delivered directly to your door. Plus, the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and then you can choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. And oh, those prices, that's the best part, because at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low, and the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't have to do that. Instead, you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Y'all know Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that there is. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber. Comes in 18 amazing flavors. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. But now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. That's right. It's Built Bar Madness. The good folks at Built Bar built a bracket. And today's matchup is German chocolate versus salted caramel in the first matchup. And Mocha Love versus white chocolate birthday cake in the second matchup. Two good ones. For me, the winner is going to be salted caramel edging out German chocolate. I like German chocolate, but quite frankly, there's some other chocolate flavors that are have gotten a buy into the other rounds. Double chocolate, coconut brownie chunk. Um, those, are, those are my preferred chocolate flavors, so I'm bumping salted caramel ahead. That's a winner for me. Mocha Love versus White Chocolate Birthday Cake. I'm going with Mocha Love on this one. Um, I like white chocolate, so this, I'm not, I'm, I'm not really hating, but for me, Mocha Love's a winner. But maybe you maybe you want to get involved. Maybe you want to try these flavors. Maybe you want to vote in the poll. If you want to do that, go to BuiltBar.com or go to Built underscore Bar on Twitter, at Built underscore Bar. And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Still a pass-first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. 
you're still listening to Locked on Blazers. Listen, you like hoops. You're listening to a Locked on Blazers podcast. You like the NBA, but how much do you really know about the NBA stars of tomorrow, like Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley or Jalen Suggs or North Carolina's own Dayron Sharp? Well, if you want to know more about these folks, you got to subscribe to the Locked on NBA Draft podcast. They got prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of the NCAA tournament four days a week. From credentialed draft experts who who know this stuff, they know the league, they know college basketball, they will get you what you need to know. So make sure you subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. All right, we talked a lot about LaMarcus Aldridge because, listen, the idea of LaMarcus returning is fun and tantalizing, but I wanted to make sure we had the realistic details, what it's going to look like, what the sort of opportunity cost for him, for the Blazers signing him might be, uh, all the decisions that go into it, both from the the Blazers side, the Spurs side, and LaMarcus' side, the sort of three parts here that are that are competing for whatever's next for LaMarcus. Obviously, there are several other teams that are part of this that we didn't dive too, too deep into, but there's there's a lot of moving parts here. I just want to make sure we're caught up on, on where the Blazers and LaMarcus stand, but we're there. Now let's move on to where the actual basketball team happens. The Blazers returned to practice tonight for the first time, and they were missing two important parts. CJ McCollum was not at practice. He's still going through COVID protocols, according to uh, t- testing protocols, that is, uh, according to Blazers coach Terry Stotts. Uh, some of that is complicated because over the All-Star break, uh, CJ McCollum had to attend a funeral. And so because he was there, there's, there's an extra layer of testing. So he wasn't even available for practice today. But beyond his availability for practice, he has been ruled out for Thursday's game. I was reading the tea leaves and saying that he was going to return Thursday. He'd been cleared for contact practices last week. I figured he'd go through a practice today. They'd say, you look good. You're going to play 22 minutes on Thursday night against the Suns. But I was wrong, y'all. Listen, I... I'm not someone who enjoys being wrong or whatever, but I'll tell you when I am, and I was wrong reading the tea leaves. Need to go back to divination class. Shout out to my Harry Potter heads. But no CJ. Also no Nurk, who did not participate in practice. He rode the stationary bike and got some standstill shots. He is probably further away than CJ. Uh, It it sounds like he's, you know, if CJ's been cleared to practice and Nurk is still riding the bike, uh, they're both probably... you know, uh, days. Uh, Nurk said on the jump this week, he was on ESPN's The Jump, and he said that he'd be back in it. If he didn't get back right away, he'd be back in a week or two. So I, I think you can trust Yusuf at that. Even if you go the long end and say it'll be two weeks, um, he, he's he's going to be back in the near-ish future. CJ, it remains to be seen. I, obviously, he's going to have to get through the testing protocols, and then he's going to have to get back to actual practice. The Blazers next play a road back-to-back this, this weekend at Minnesota. So there's not going to be practices then. They're not going to practice before and they're not going to practice after that's just like how how the nba be doing it so it probably means cj is going to be out for the next three games at a minimum and then then we'll see from there because you would assume they want him back in a practice or some some version of a practice and they're just not going to get that on the road with two games in minnesota they're back after that for a little little mini homestand five games at home so i think the target would be for cj to come back sometime next week uh, he'll have they'll have more time even if they don't get to a practice at least he'll be here and he can be in front of everybody and 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 um, and work out and try out the foot and everything so next week I think is a reasonable target for CJ Nurk it's it's unclear um, Terry Stotts classically said there was no update uh, and and I mean he's he's telling the truth it's just I wish he would give an update 
I say this to, to say, though, is that the second half of the Blazers season is going to be tough. According to the website Positive Residual, which is my preferred uh, uh, strength of schedule website, positiveresidual.com. They've got a great schedules app that does, you know, uh, re- your rest that you're on versus what your opponent's on, strength of your opponent, um, you know, how many games you've played recently, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And they and they build a sort of strength of schedule model, and then they rate each game in terms of difficulty based on those factors: quality of opponent, rest by you, rest by your opponent, etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. The Blazers have the fourth hardest remaining schedule in the league, according to Positive Residual. That's no good. Uh, Basketball Reference has a similar one. They have the Blazers with the third hardest uh, remaining schedule in the league. There, I believe Basketball Reference is only based on um, re- teams' win percentage of your opponents. Uh, I think Positive Residual does goes a little bit deeper because it it the NBA schedule is complex and and having a rest advantage matters in a lot of these games. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be a really tough close to the season. The Blazers play an absolutely absurd 16 games in 30 days in April. This game against the Suns is going to be tough. The Suns are good. They gave the Blazers their worst loss of the season earlier this year. Um, they they smoked them 132 by 32 points, 132 100 in in Phoenix. Uh, that that game was basically the same full roster the Blazers are going to roll out Thursday night. The Suns are really good. The Blazers are at home. They haven't beaten a lot of good teams. I'm not going to harp on that too much. I spent a lot of time talking about it yesterday. You can go listen to the show if you want me to hear me talk about Western playoff tiers and where the Bla- who the Blazers have and have not beaten. Uh, that's in your podcast feed right behind this one. But Suns should be a really good test. Uh, Chris Paul has always been a guy who kind of gives Dame fits. Um, if Devin Booker is available, he did not play in the All Star game, so if he's if he is available to play, he's officially listed as questionable right now. If he's available, then the Suns are really really good. If they're not, then this is a game the Blazers should win. Uh, sounds like Cam Johnson is is not going to play for the Suns. He's a valuable wing wing spacer. Uh, so they you know they've lost a they've lost a shooter on the wing and and or they're going to be down a shooter on the wing in this one. So uh, this this should be a good test for him. DeAndre Ayton gave gave the Blazers a, a, a lot of trouble in the last game. This is another one. They, if they could have Lamarcus tomorrow, it'd be pretty valuable. Harry Giles also not going to play. So the Blazers still are going to be down a center. Going to be a big you know Cantor has to come up big against uh, against Ayton, who a guy who gave him real 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 trouble in the first meeting but this is just the beginning of a tough stretch you know it's um two against minnesota two against new orleans two against dallas and then a home game against brooklyn a a tough homestand you want to win games at home but those are all good teams teams that give you trouble and i think playing a team twice is hard because it's hard to get those sweeps you're you're very likely to split those games uh it's just you know once you've seen a team once here it's it's hard to it's hard to surprise them or hard to, you know, get by your little wrinkles and your little pet stuff that works a second time. So I think I think these little series games, like you want to beat Minnesota twice. That team stinks. You want to just go into Minnesota, beat them twice. But after that, the the New Orleans and the Dallas matchups and then Brooklyn obviously is a really good team. Like that's that's a tough five game stretch, all home games and and Home games are going to be super, super valuable if the Blazers want to get where they need to go. They haven't beaten a lot of good teams. They're not going to have CJ and Nurk, at least for the first part of this. Nurk might miss all of that stretch. Uh, We'll see when CJ gets back. The beginning of a brutal second half starts tonight when you're listening to this, or depending on when you're listening to this, started Thursday night against Phoenix. It's... I'm excited for the second half of the NBA season. Like I said, there's, there's basically eight games a night for the next uh, 10 weeks. 
There's a ton of NBA games, ton of Blazers games, all packed in there. They're not alone in having a really brutal schedule, but they're, you know, everybody's in it. Uh, I think San Antonio has 40 games in the second half of the schedule. 40 games in about 64 nights. Good luck. So the Blazers' brutal schedule starts this evening or started Thursday evening, depending on when you're listening to this. I'm I'm jazzed. I'm I'm amped up for I'm amped up for a ton of NBA basketball. I hope you are too. So do me a favor, tell your friends about this podcast. What better time to jump on board with Locked On Blazers than right now when the Blazers are making the, the stretch run to the playoffs, the final 37 games of the regular season? Just tell them to search Locked On Blazers wherever they already get podcasts, and we'll be right there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.